Rome is the eternal city, they say. In fact, it's now also the title of a magnificent coffee table book released by Australian author Maria Pasquale. Born in Melbourne and raised by Italian parents, she joins Belinda Jackson from Rome. Maria, welcome to Travel Writers Radio. It's uh, great to have you here from Rome this morning. Thanks, Belle. Thanks so much for having me. Now, um, congratulations on your absolutely beautiful book, The Eternal City, which is Recipes and Stories from Rome. You've lived in Rome for for decades now. How long have you been in Rome? (laughs) You're right. It actually is decades. Become plural. It's 12 years this year, so very hard to believe. Congratulations. And uh, and do you do you still find I mean this the, the book that I'm looking at at the moment the Eternal City you know it's so comprehensive you're talking about things like Jewish Roman cuisine uh, you know about about the history of food in Rome do you does Rome still surprise you? Oh, it does. Um, you know the Romans say that it would take a lifetime to uncover Rome and only until you you know, get to spend a lot of time here or live here, do you really start to understand that? I mean, I I travelled through Rome for over 20 years before I moved here. I've now lived here for 12. And there are some real obvious things as well. Like, you know, I see a gallery or a really popular museum and I, you know, have to uh, embarrassingly kind of say, oh, gosh, I haven't even been there. And, you know, there's just always something to do in this city, which is why it makes it so wonderful. And the food then, which is the focus of the book, the uncover you're uncovering uh, layers of, of, of food from different ethnicities, different but different time zones as well, different um, uh, different moods, different approaches to food. It's it's absolutely mind-boggling the 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 breadth of of Rome's culinary traditions. It is, and it's you know, and I guess that's I guess you know, in a sense, replicated across Italian cuisine because there isn't this homogenous cuisine. It's um, it's so regional, and Italy was this set of kingdoms before it became unified um, about 150 years ago. So you know, not even from region to region, but from town to town, and like you said, those layers are what makes um, you know Rome's cuisine about as exciting and dynamic as its history. Because just like the city has a history of you know, it's built physically. You can see that there are so many layers um, in Rome just in terms of its architecture in terms of its monuments and you know the, the food reflects that so can you can you pin down if I said to you what's Roman cuisine what would you tell me Oh, gosh. I mean, you know, in a few words, I'd say it's, uh, you know, carbonara, artichokes and lamb. Um, but, you know, it's so much more. I mean, it has its its foundation in, you know, or history in the Cucina Povera, which means, you know, peasants' cuisine, um, you know, which I guess is uh, based on, uh, you know, the, I guess, uh, austerity and, uh, you know, no wastage. So, you know, very simple but very good quality ingredients. You have the four... The awesome foursome of the Roman pastas, which is the, you know, cacio e pepe, matriciana, the carbonara, and probably the one that hasn't, I guess, become a household name globally yet is la grisha, which is a carbonara without eggs or an matriciana without tomato. So, that they, you know, they're your main pasta dishes. But then you have, like I said, um, you know, whatever whatever's in season in a sense, but artichoke is probably, you know, if I had to describe Rome in a word, you would, you know, vegetable or in a sense, it'd, it'd be the artichoke, lamb. Um, Roman style pizza, which is very different to Neapolitan style pizza, and then uh, you know that, like you said, that that Roman Jewish uh, cuisine. You know the, those dishes are outlined in the book, and the quinto quarto, which is the real Roman cuisine, and that's um, nose to tail or awful. Oh, amazing! And and as this, uh, the recipes that you've got in 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 the book, these absolutely beautiful recipes. 
How did you collect them? Are they and, and can you eat from this? You know, I can I can cook this at home. But if I went to Rome, could I find these dishes on the street? You could. You can find many of the dishes that are in the book um, on the streets of Rome. They've been um, contributed by. Um, you know, street food outlets or from my local, um, you know, restaurants in Trattoria, uh, one of Rome's most prominent bakeries have given me their recipe for the, the maritozzo, which is a sweet, um, you know, cream-filled bun and also the pizza bianca because, as you know, you know, every region of Italy has its version of a flatbread. In Rome, it's pizza bianca, which is a, you know, a salty crispy and soft on the inside um, uh, focaccia so those sorts of dishes are the ones that you can cook for yourself at home and also try here when you're in the city and then you have the stories which is one of my other favorite um, components of the book obviously and it kind of tells a tale of these unsung food heroes so the people that work at those bakeries or my local cheesemonger Oh, it sounds absolutely delicious. So there is um. So if you had to pick your favourite recipe out of this, which would you, which would you, uh, which would you nominate? Then that, then that is a really big ask because how many recipes are there in total here? There's uh, seventy recipes. Um, carbonara, I'd have to say, even though look, I'm a sweet tooth, so I won't try oh. and cheat and give you two recipes. But <laughs> I think you know, if I had to go for the most iconic recipe for me, carbonara. You know, I tell people if they haven't eaten a carbonara in Rome, you really haven't, and it's one of the most debated dishes in the city, and many. Romans will tell you that the best one can be found in their home or at their mother's house or their grandmother's house or, you know, their neighbourhood, Trattoria, and everybody kind of argues about, you know, how long you cook the guanciale for, whether it's two egg yolks or, you know, whether you put a whole leg in. And um, generally it's made with uh, guanciale, pecorino romano cheese and uh, eggs and that's it and it doesn't have any cream in it or any onion or peas or mushroom and there are no variations and Romans are really particular about that. It is probably one of the most, you know, the dishes that is most debated and causes an absolute uproar when anyone tries to play with it. And by the sounds of it, one of the dishes that we have absolutely mangled to death here back in Australia. <laughs> well, I mean, did you find you grew up in Australia? Uh, you know, were you eating carbonara in your house and then you'd go out and you'd see what was being served outside? Did it just blow your mind? Was there such a yeah, disparity? It, it did. There's a huge disparity. And I think that, um, you know, so many people are surprised when they come to Italy. And, you know, Rome is generally, even if it's, you know, nowadays people have, you know, got the good fortune of travelling back to Italy for their second and third times. But, you know, if your first stop is generally Rome it's the capital and so that's your exposure into you know Italian food and people are often shocked to what they find or you know they're not they're expecting something else you know things like I often get asked about I don't know you know garlic bread or um, you know or other regional delicacies like oh where can I get a good risotto in Rome and I always you know tell people you look you can find a risotto but you probably shouldn't eat it in Rome because not that it's not going to be good but it's not going to be the best risotto I mean you know those um, geographic and historical ties to food are the you know for me one of the most beautiful things about Italy and I think that you know if you're in Milan eat Milanese food if you're in Rome eat Roman food where you can oh I love it and you've actually given us um your own little food food lover's guide to Rome in the back I mean this is really this is your black book isn't it this is the sort of stuff that that you hide (laughs) and you only pull it out when you're writing an article that you want to blow everybody's mind or your secret place that you don't want to share you've been very generous actually I have (laughs) I haven't. I know. I haven't really left many more up my sleeve. But you know, that and that's the great thing about living in a you know, and even Rome. You know, this ancient city, but it's still this modern day bustling metropolis, and it has a wonderful food scene, and there are new openings all the time. And it's as you would know, you know, as a writer, it's also very hard to keep 
these lists evergreen but um it has yeah rooftop bars and where you can shop for food where you can eat it's got you know like i said the markets the trattoria the fine dining um and some of that innovative roman cuisine which are also some of my favorites yeah absolutely i mean the markets would just be that would be something that would be more you know almost eternal even some of these markets will have been running for you know for for many of them for generations as well and the delis that you've got in there the beautiful food stores but then also I love the fact that you can tell me where to go get gelato where would I get the best where tell me where is the best gelato in Rome oh the best gelato in Rome is Intrastevere in my neighborhood and I'm not being biased most uh, Roman gelato aficionados will tell you that Otteleg is one of the best in the city and it's easy to remember because it's gelato spelt backwards and oh, the right. owner <laughs> the owner of Otteleg um, Marco Radiccioni um, you know he's not just a gelato maker I mean he's you know a gelato chef is what he's often described as here because he plays with a number of uh, ingredients that you wouldn't traditionally find in gelato I mean you'll go in there and you'll find all the classics like chocolate and hazelnut and all the seasonal um, fruit flavors but you know the raspberry has real raspberry in there and you know things like licorice or um, pear and gorgonzola and these sorts of gelato combinations that um, in a sense have um, you know kind of took off here in Rome as a result of the um, you know you had this wave of gourmet gelato kick off because of the financial crisis so it was actually giving to Romans just for a few euro some of those tastes that you would normally find in a in a restaurant whereas now you can just pop into a gelateria um, you know Fata Morgana which is now it's not a, not a chain but they've expanded and there are a number of those around the city and that's also another great tip for gelato with some classic flavors but some of these like I said some of these gourmet flavors that are giving you a real experience do you, so do you go back do you go back to them or do you are you just are you a classicist when you come to your gelato no I like to try I look I, I try and justify fruit f- because I think that you know if I'm having a raspberry gelato it doesn't really count if you know what I mean I don't try and, <laughs> <laughs> don't try and count calories by any stretch anyone that knows me knows I don't do that but you know I, you can't kind of live off gelato and so if I'm feeling a bit guilty about it I won't have a cream based one I'll have a fruit one which is great because in summer at the moment you know it's the warmer months here in Rome and so the other day I had a great melon gelato and watermelon and yeah it's uh, you know the options are endless which is which is good and it seems like the options are endless in Rome itself but this is a this is a very tight little directory at, at the back of the book which includes rooftop bars as well so cocktails cocktails unfortunately do count mm. as well um, absolutely and and, uh, and beautiful custard you know custard filled donuts and and the recipes are there and also the history of them as well and and some absolutely astonishing photograph photography of Rome I mean you can't take a bad photo in Rome I think that this is true that that is absolutely true <laughs> she's very she's very very photogenic at the city. <laughs> is she forgiving? Can you can you walk it off? That's my question. Oh, you can. Look, it's a great walking city. Um, I think people would be surprised at how compact the historical centre is. Um, it's a little sneaky in that it kind of gets you unawares like you kind of feel like everything oh that's the pantheon it's you know only five minute walk to the piazza navona and then it's only a five minute walk but you know by the end of the day you've clocked up the steps which is good but it's a great walking city and i think it's a wonderful city just to get lost in because you know there really are ancient relics and ruins at every turn and you can you know, you really can't get lost in Rome. I mean, to use, you know, very cliche, uh, you know, all roads lead to Rome and they really do. You know, when you're walking around the historical centre, you always feel that you're, you know, you're part of this important place and there is history just kind of enveloping you everywhere. 
And and beside those historical sites is a fabulous little pizzeria that you just happen to have recommended or uh, somewhere right. to stop for a drink or a coffee. Maria, that's right. Congratulations on the release of the Eternal City, um, which was actually published. Your publisher is here in Melbourne, aren't they? That's so right, Smith Street Books. Smith Street yeah, Books, fantastic, yeah. gorgeous coffee table book, hardcover. Um, and I am definitely next time I'm in Rome, I'm going to do two things. I'm going to take a list of your recommendations, and I'm also going to call you up for a coffee as well. So. <laughs> I'll be waiting, as okay. I always say, for a gelato, carbonara, cocktail, or all of the above. Fabulous. Okay. Oh, it can't be in. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Belle. That was Belinda Jackson speaking with author Maria Pasquale about her new book, The Eternal City. To listen to more stories, go to our website, travelridersradio.com.